the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 66. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Why, hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Hmm. That's a very loaded question, Sandra. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm, um, I'm a little wonky. I'm a little wonky this week, um, from doctor's visits and all kinds of midlife fun stuff going on with me, with my body. So I am feeling a little bit like a 13 year old girl a little bit today. Mm, like emotional or? Um, like starting my period. I haven't, I haven't had one in 20 years, Sandra. Oh gosh. Wow. That is 20. so weird to me. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to this. Okay. Okay. okay we're going to, I'm just going to go right into it. Um, I hope you guys like this as an opener to the show. <laughs> <laughs> hope your kids aren't in the car or maybe it's okay if they are. It doesn't matter. We need to talk about this stuff. I went to go shop for tampons last night. A lot has changed in 20 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're more um colorful. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, I was overwhelmed by the options." And I was like, uh-huh. and my husband's like waiting in the aisle with me. We're at the grocery store. We went to the movies last night. And he's like, "I said, "Honey, things so many things have changed." And he was like, "Uh, couldn't have changed that much." And I was right. like, I was like, "Well, not the mechanics maybe or the the base models, but in the terms of has yeah, totally. Sure. I know. So I was at a dinner party the other night, and um, I went into their bathroom, and I was of course wearing white pants, and I had started my period. And I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in seventh grade right now, like <laughs> mortified, just the whole thing. Why? So I start going underneath their bathroom sink, which I would never do, right? I would never go through somebody's things, but I was in desperate need. And I, they have a 15-year-old girl, so I knew that there was going to be something to be found. And I found it. So, you know, I borrowed one. Well, it didn't borrow. I'm not going to give it back. Wow. Uh, <laughs> they have no trash cans. So I'm like, oh, they have these neat little sleeves where you put this little plastic applicator in. Like, they never had those before where, like, you wrap it back up, I guess, kind of. So you like, so I put it in my pocket. So then we're going to leave. And like, I live in a small town, Sandra, that the grocery store closes, the little market closes at like seven o'clock. Uh-huh. So it's 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, uh, we're all saying our goodbyes. I'm like, can I talk to you girls for a minute? Girl talk. And the guys are like, what's up? And so I pulled them aside. I'm like, so this is embarrassing. Um, Can I borrow some tampons from you guys? And they're like, sure. And I, you know, I'm talking to Ingrid, the mom and telling her a little bit. She's like, Oh yeah, I haven't had one in a while. You know, I'm probably going through the change, but Sandra, it took me right back to kind of that feeling I'd forgotten about what it was like when you first get it. And it's so kind of confusing and you're out of your body a little bit going, what the F is happening to me? 
Oh, yeah. See, I've never had a lapse, well, except pregnancy and then breastfeeding. Uh, but um, but I, what about that, what I was going to say, you know how we talk about there's no quicker way to connect with a woman mm-hmm. than through recovery. There's also no other way to, to quickly connect with another woman um, quicker than menstruation. <laughs> well, and like, you're right about you know, that. Like, who has a tampon? You know, and everybody's like reaching for their purse and um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, and like to connect with her daughter, her daughter was so sweet. She's like, what size? I got all different kinds of stuff. What do you, I'm like, I have mm-hmm. no idea about sizes. I've forgotten. Um, whatever you have, I will make it work until tomorrow until I can get to the store. Um, but that just, it, it, without getting into too many details, it just was kind of forgotten how to do this thing of menstruating. And then that mm. sent me on a whole other kind of deep, dark path of like, why, why have I used things all my life to block out other things? You know? Well, you, um, I mean, no wonder you're feeling wonky. Your hormones are probably like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're probably experiencing some hormones that you haven't experienced in a while. Yeah. Cause that Marina releases some hormones in my body. So now that it's gone, you know, yeah, things are a little crazy. I stayed in bed all day Saturday and had just, I just did not feel like myself. I told you I was going to call you on Sunday. I never did. I couldn't, you know, I went to a memorial and I just, I don't know, I just couldn't get myself together really. Um, so I just, I feel, um, I'm trying to be gentle with myself and like really trying to calm down and not getting overworked up about anything too much. Um, but some of that I cannot control. Yeah. So that, since you asked, is what's going on with me. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. And I'm really glad that we have been starting this conversation on the pod about midlife because it's been helpful. It's been helpful to chat with other ladies on our and in our forums and things. So it's been helpful. Oh, yeah. It, It I mean, when I went through this like explosion of hormones a little over a year ago, I mean, I thought I was losing my mind. I did. And, you know, our listeners, if you were there, if you were listening to this podcast, you were there on my journey with me. But it was a dark night of the soul because you question, like, am I overreacting? Yeah. Or or is this like, I mean, I was in the trenches. It was awful. <laughs> it was really bad. And... um kind of crazy making Mm -hmm. and and I mean I guess I say really bad you know that's putting a value on it but I did not feel good so um and I normally feel good I am a pleasure seeker (laughs) and um I I I struggled I really struggled and I had to do a lot of I had to spend a lot of time in bed there were a lot of tears shed oh so many tears yeah yeah, and even knowing that you knew, like, I wanted to talk to you, but then I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just kind of was a wave, like, I know I know Sandra can help. Like, I know by talking to her will help. Um, but I also just really need to stay in this bed um, and watch um, Shit's Creek. That's what I need to do right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and just keep watching that until it's over. So oh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I would, I would drive through the neighborhood... And I would play um, uh, 
the second act of Hamilton, which is, you know, mm. <laughs> horribly, horribly sad. And I would just sob. <laughs> just have my windows rolled down. And had it playing on full blast, and I would just sob. It was awful. You just want to keep feeling it, right? You just—it's oh, yeah, it's like you I want did. to dive into it, yeah. Oh yeah, I wanted—I it, it, wanted anything to just reinforce how I was feeling. Hmm. Yeah, it's um—it's a strange—it's a strange um, concoction of emotions right now. And I have to say, though, um, the examination of. I'm examining everything. It's like I feel like my whole life. I feel like I get, I get the term of a midlife crisis, even though I know we want to talk about a solution. But I, I get that it feels like that. Excuse me. I'm going to take a little sip of tea. <clears throat> it just. I feel like it does feel like that dark night of the soul. I feel like every aspect of my life. I'm like, what? How did I get here? Like, what? Why did I choose to have this IUD for so long? Um, separate ones. You can, I, they, just disclaimer: it has not been enemy for twenty years. I've had separate ones for that length of time. Um, but to not have a period is what I didn't want, and so I did this thing so that I wouldn't have to have a period. So I wouldn't have to feel cramping or have that every single month. The emotional roller coaster every month. I numbed it out. And then I start feeling like, well, and I did that with alcohol too. And I didn't want to feel an emotion or something. I just chose that rather than feel it. And so I know that by removing alcohol, I feel all these things now, right? And then I get to um, have this life that I now can see a little more clearly, a lot more clearly. You know, I, I, I removed it. So I know it's not the same exact thing to remove an IUD, and, but it is It is that I, I had cramping you know, I haven't had cramping since I was, I can't, yeah, since I don't remember when. And, um, oh, I need to do something about that that's not just taking something to make it go away. So I filled up the hot water bottle that Emily uh, Beverly Baptiste made me for our art exchange when the theme was healing. I was like, oh, I'm going to go get that and use that on my belly and take care of myself in a way like kind of like I did in early recovery this weekend. It's like I was just taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so I know that I want to feel my body. Um, I want to feel these things. I want to see what this next phase is, um, even though it's going to be really uncomfortable. It just kind of reminded me of early sobriety in a way. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's okay to feel all these things. Um, not super fun, some of it, but I'll learn something from it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's all levels of discomfort. <laughs> Just yeah. different levels. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I mean, I signed up for it. That's after talking to Sasha and Austin, we both decided that we were going to get this done. And, um, and it's, it's an interesting I knew what I signed up for, but I just didn't quite know how it would feel. And that's been the, that'll be the learning. That'll be the thing that I learned from right now. And um, I have to say, Sandra, I reached out on our Facebook group and the comments and the women, I've been so overwhelmed. I haven't been able to respond to everybody yet, but everybody gave such nice um, responses and ideas and tips. And I'm really, really, I read every single one, made some notes. I've just been paralyzed for some reason to respond to anybody. And I don't know why. <laughs> but 
Oh, that's my that's hormones right. too. I'll, I will get to it. So if you left a comment, I did read it and I do appreciate it. And yeah, take that into consideration. Anything going on with your body you want to share? <laughs> um, no, but it's funny. I'm in some kind of transition too. I've, I, I, you know, we can, I'll probably know more, more will be revealed, I guess, as the summer goes on. But I think it's just, um, because there is more time to sit and reflect. I am kind of going through this thing where I feel like blowing everything up as well. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, the podcast is not going anywhere, then that's not what I'm talking about. But for instance, I feel like just scrapping my entire website and starting over and um, I don't know, just just transitions, starting over, mm-hmm. sudden change. Yeah, I'm feeling it. You're Something not is alone. Changing. Yeah. I think that I think um, it's funny that you say that. I had a call with my creative coach last week and she looked at my website and she said, I have, I have two ladies I'm working with, but one is an artist. And she said, so your website, I went on it and she was very constructive and kind, but she, she said, where are you in that website? And I'm like, well, I'm right on the front. It's a picture of me as a little girl um, with my ray of light series. And she was like, yeah, um, but where are you? And I said, well, it's it's all my writing. It's what I do. It's, and she's like, you're like a platform for a lot of other people. You like to talk about other people and promote them and all the interviews you did. She's like, which is great because that was a series. She's like, but I didn't get a real good sense of who you are. And I was like, hmm, food for thought. So I wrote down all these notes. And then she just said, I just want to know like what your vision is. And she's like, your website um, isn't really clearly stating that. And I'm like, hmm, that's something to think about. So same thing, Sandra, mm-hmm. like scrapping the whole thing and starting over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel that too. I'm going to, I don't, I mean, the technology part of it um, keeps me from doing it or mm-hmm. keeps me from jumping right in because it's always a learning curve. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm going to, this summer, I'm going to burn it down and start over <laughs> I like how we're on the same page and we don't even know we're on the same page, but that's kind of how it's always been with you and I, right? We find our different ways, but we're on the same like wavelength. And for an entire week, I've been applying for jobs at the libraries. So so anyway, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see, but uh, my mind just had time, time to wonder. I'm writing Mm. um, and it's all good. Well, it's all good. If but. you're going to get a job, Sandra, a library is like the dream. Right? It would <sighs> kind of be my dream job. Yeah. It really would. It's super competitive, a super competitive market. All markets are in the city I live in, but I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like You just made me really happy to know that. Did you know I wanted to be a librarian? Mm-mm. Yeah. When I went back to college, I was looking at how to be a, a librarian. Um, and the school um, that focused on that on library sciences was down in San Jose, which is about an hour and a half, probably two hour drive from me. Um, and they did have some online things you could do. But then I, I, I realized, you know, it's a lot of work to be a research librarian. There's so much technology involved. And that interests me none. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I would like to work at a library, right? but I don't yes. want to be a librarian. A, yeah, I don't have a library science degree, so right. it would just be a job at the library. But honestly, I have to, I don't know. 
I mean, I said I wasn't going to go into it, but maybe I'll just, yeah, I think, I think there are lots of people that can relate to this. Um, I respect anybody that can make money off of their creativity. Um, and of course that's the goal, right? For all Mm -hmm. of us. But, um, I'm feeling the need to take that pressure off of it Mm -hmm. right now and just let it be uninhibited and, um, you know, not something that, that I'm doing to support myself and making those two things separate for a while and see what comes of that. So, well, it change it does change your creativity, right? When we're trying to make money from it. Oh, sure. It just changes yeah. the whole dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, everybody has kind of witnessed me struggling with this, but I tried to, you know, make a program and thought, well, I could, you know, be a teacher of creativity and that's how I could commodify it. Did I just use that mm-hmm. the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, commodify it, but it just like, I was having so much resistance and I thought, is this really no resistance or do I just not want to do this? This is not resonating with me. And I think mm-hmm. it just wasn't resonating with me, at least for now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it never will, but at least for now, it was not resonating with me. And so, um, you know, those are really your only options these days. It feels like, uh, you know, I cannot make enough kimonos to make a living off of that. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, or to make a full-time living off of that. There's just not enough hours in the day. Or I have to charge $400 for each one. You know what I mean? Right. And and then they won't sell. So it's it's really, it's it's hard. And and I guess I'm just being transparent because, um, you know, this is something that a creative entrepreneurs struggle with every, every day. And it, and some things get better, but then some things don't. <laughs> some things just still years right. later have not figured out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're on to something here because, um, well, I, don't, I think this emotion or this feeling that you're having, yeah, that's a very um, universal feeling. I think that resistance sometimes too that that we don't want to go to this next level to make something happen. That for me, it's like I want to make prints of my work that I had in the show. I, but, but I don't want to make prints. <laughs> I don't want to do the process. I don't want to do the printing. I don't want to do the photographing. I don't want to do the mailing. Oh, I like the mailing. Um, so do I really want to make prints of my work from the show? Right. I don't know. Right. I don't think but so. That's, that's how you could, you know, potentially make a living right. off of your art. Right. right. So it's, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I've had to really ask myself some hard questions. Yeah. Um, this last, you know, since summer began and this, and this month. And so, um, I don't know. These are the things that have been rolling around inside of me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, thanks for sharing that too, because you're, you're not alone. And, um, I, I had a lesson. I told you I wanted to talk to you about it later and we'll save it for another show or another time. But, um, in Tiffany Hahn's coaching class for the inner circle, she talked about our zone of excellence well, there's zone of competence, incompetence, excellence, and then genius. And your zone of excellence is really kind of where you um, excel, the things that you're really, really good at that you know how to do. Um, but your zone of genius is really you have to pause and think about what it is that I do that I don't even really think is work or that I don't put value on. 
that I do really well that I'm overlooking, that -hmm. I could make my life a lot easier? What am I doing? So I don't know what that is for me exactly, but I made a couple lists and I was like, I'm good at this, this. What comes super duper naturally that you don't even think is a thing that you do that you could help change your work or something? And so trying to get into that zone of genius, she says there's a ton of resistance to kind of bump up to the zone of genius, too, because a lot of it is like, no, you know, thinking of you're worthy of that, too. Am mm-hmm. I worthy to be on a pla- that platform or that that stage or that, um, you know, am I worthy to submit a book, a proposal? Am I worthy to um, have an art show or to, um, you know, write a program? Um, there's a whole bunch of resistance Um there and yeah and that's kind mm-hmm. of sounds like where you're at just analyzing that and thinking it right yeah. I, yeah it's true it's true and it's it's hard to pick apart because yeah like I said it, it you know it's hard to to pick apart what's just you know resistance fear mm-hmm. because you're not worthy and then what's like this is just not something that I should be doing because it's not yeah. my genius zone or whatever well what helped me was writing the the zone of incompetence for me is technology and I know that I can learn these things I'm not saying I'm so incompetent I couldn't figure it out I know I can't I'm a smart person I can figure it out I don't want to Mm -hmm. that is the last thing I want to do reworking my website is the last thing that I want to do same so um I may be just asking for help with that because that is not when I that is not in that would spend, I would spend so much time. Um, I wouldn't be able to do all the other things that are in my um, zone of competence or excellence. Yeah, sure. So sure. it's good to kind of, it was good to parse it out. Um, but it sounds like we're both kind of examining these things, which I think is good because, you know, our work has shifted a little bit in, in terms of, um, of what we're, um, what's calling us. Right. You know, what, what is our heart saying at this moment? Because we've changed a little bit. You know, we all keep growing. Like, what is it right now that I want? Um, but library, I want to tell you, Sandra, um, my my first creative thing that I ever made was that tote bag. I think I gave you one that says library junkie. Oh, yeah, I love that. And that was before I got sober. And I wanted to make a, a I, w- I went to the library three times a week. Um, we maxed out our cards every time. Um mm-hmm. I would just pour through books and and not always reading them too. Some of it was just like having them for a little while and taking a little nugget from them. A lot of them were design books, art books, but I loved it so much. So I needed a bag to carry it because they were so heavy. And so that's why I got those kind of LL bean like bags. And then I did a screen printing. A friend helped me with a design, which I didn't know how to do, but it felt like the first thing I gave myself permission for to say, I can make something and create it and put it out in the world and I sold them. I gifted them to friends. I still have a few in my marketplace on my website. Um, but it's because of my love of the library, you know, that I was like, hmm, what do I need? What what can I make that I need? Um, which is where my creativity kind of started. Like, like, I'll try this and I'll ask for a little bit of help. I love that. I love my I love my bag. As a matter of fact, we're about to go on a trip and I'm loading it up. <laughs> it's my it's my trip bag. It's the bag that I put Me all too. of my books and journals and stuff in when I go on a trip. Oh good. Well, I think where we're going with all of so, this. Yeah. Of evolution. <laughs> where is this episode going, my friend? <laughs> it's all relevant yeah we're not just talking it's all leading up to something here yeah 
Um, do you want to intro- yeah, talk today, about it? Yeah, yeah today we're going to talk about uh, creating community again. We had a uh, we we explored this topic very early in our podcast. In fact, it was episode number five. And so that was a little over a year and a half ago. And I even went back and listened to it this morning. And we did a good job um, about uh, talking about how we cre- were creating community. Um, brand new podcast, though. And, you know, a year and a half or over a year later, um, it's interesting to see how this podcast has created community. Absolutely. Like it keeps um, um, blooming, you know, it keeps kind of doing the, the ripple effect. You know, we keep seeing it like where we started this little tiny, you know, two microphones, you in one state, me in another. And then, um, yeah, how our community has bloomed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's so interesting. And, you know, w- w- we both did some our women's circles. And, um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit as well, but, um, you know, it's interesting. You think you, I'm going to put something out there and I'm going to build it and all these people are going to come and it's going to happen overnight, but it doesn't. But you got to have that kind of gung-ho attitude. I, I feel like it's imp- it's like a dreamer's attitude. You wouldn't do it, right? It's very field of dreams. It's very much, you know, if you build it, they will come. You have to kind of, I don't know, That's a, I don't have to. That's just kind of how it felt. I think you and I were so excited. We were like, you know, that's why we did, that's why we started the podcast. Like we thought we all, we're going to share stories and that'll spread to other women. Um, and it'll, and it'll grow. Um, but a physical in real life thing, um, like our podcast is almost to a quarter million downloads. I'm super excited about that. Remember when they were like 47 downloads, and 112 downloads, and then something has happened where it's just kind of slowly built and we haven't missed a week since we've started. We've been really super consistent. And I think our community relies on that, you know, I and that has helped so. build it because they know that on Mondays um, that an episode's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And so they can count on us. And it's we've right. created, it's kind of fostered this relationship that they know um, we're here. And they can reach out if they want to. But but the in real life stuff, I think you can talk about that. I mean, because you started doing in real life stuff before I did. So right. I kind of took your so, cue. I talk, I've talked about it before, but, you know, when I started my website, that was actually um, a result of really wanting a, a, an in real life community of, I was just picturing, you know, a beautiful space where women could come and share while they crafted mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of work with each other in tandem. And there's a tea bar and it's comfortable. And, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't really envision like, how does this thing make money? Um, you know, unless it's sort of like, 
kind of copycatting those places that are like painting with a twist or the, you know, pottery with a twist. And the twist was always alcohol, right? Right. I mean, every, every community has these, um, these businesses, little franchises. Um, of course, you know, I wanted a safe place for sober women or women in recovery or women who just weren't interested in, in drinking, but still wanted a, um, like a making community. And I wanted it so bad and, and, but I didn't know where to start and I didn't know how to make that happen. And so I built the website. I built my website and thought, well, if I can't, if I can't have it immediately in real life, then I can make it virtually. And then it kind of grew from there. But, you know, I was sharing at our women's circle that we had um, at the beginning of June, you know, that I had tried to do this. I had started a meetup and then I tried to make an event that was the exactly like the women's circle that we had. <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted there to be yoga. I wanted there to be some kind of crafting or some kind of creative activity. And I wanted there to be sharing. Mm-hmm. And I put this thing out there, an event. I made it. I had the space, same space, actually, my friend Spike's Pavilion that she had graciously offered to me back then. And nobody came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody signed up. No one came. And I thought, well, I guess, I mean, I wasn't totally discouraged. Um, you know, it was before we had this podcast. I didn't really have a platform. Nobody knew who I was. I just had a vision. A girl and with a dream. A girl with a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- so how long ago, how much prior, Sandra? How, how long ago was you that know, to when I you had the event finally? I would, I should have looked at the very, at the date, but I want to say that it was, um, at least in 2016. Okay. So a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah. So hmm. it was a couple of years ago. And so I, the point of that is that, um, patience, <laughs> mm-hmm. patience, uh, you know, you may really be longing for a, a community, a, an in real life sober community, um, or a creative sober community, like I was envisioning. But um, it's gonna. It takes time. It takes time to build. Yeah. Well, I think I think that um, I I am so glad you've shared this with our listeners because, yeah, it doesn't just happen overnight. This thing isn't just like in the next month you have a whole group of friends that are, um, like minded and in recovery and like to make what you make and want to share and be open. Because some people are very quiet about their recovery or they're just at the beginning phases and they're not ready to, to out themselves yet or, um. Or yeah, and it's too, it feels too weird to go in public and meet up with strangers. You know, I totally right. get it. Right, and see, that's the that's another part of this is that it is hard to, as a, a guest or a person seeking community, um, to put yourself out there that first time. It is so hard. It feels like first date jitters. Yeah. And, the, and we talked about that with Natalie when she was on the pod a few weeks ago, Natalie Fairbrook. Um, but for me, I, this will not be linear how I'm sharing these things, but 
I think that my bid for that kind of thing, like what you're talking about, Sandra, like doing something and letting it grow or, or doing something and, you know, nobody responded. Um, when I started doing the Ray of Light series, interview series on my website, I asked all of the ladies from my gratitude circle to participate in it. And you guys were so gracious to help me kind of get it started. Um, and that series kind of grew. That's how I got to know a few other women in recovery. I would, I would see who had uh, um, an interesting story, who had what I wanted, who, who did I feel like was, um, um, shining bright in their recovery, um, and doing it not just one way, like any way that they were recovering, I was open to. And that helped create a community for me, which in turn, I think the women who read those interviews, um, started connecting the dots, right? That was like a way for them to comment on the, on the interview, um, connect with me and, or start connecting with the woman. If she had a, you know, a website or an Instagram that she'd shared on that interview, they could connect with them. Um, I didn't really fully realize I was doing that when I started it, but it wasn't until the end when I could look at the whole thing as a whole. It took a whole year to do and a lot of work. And I don't know what I expected. My, my goal in the beginning was to have an art show with all of these pieces. And then as the year went on, I realized I wanted to gift these pieces back to the women and it didn't need to be about me. It didn't mm. need to say, hey, look at all, look at what I made. Um, right. Even though I did that virtually and I was sharing that and that was helping me, um, you know, um, grow and put myself out there as an artist. But it became more that I wanted to give back because these women, I mean, they tell their stories. Um, you were one of my ray of light, Sandra, and you kind of just, you filled up the interview. You guys did the writing for me. It's not like I did the writing. I did some a little bit of editing and formatting, but you guys did this for me and I wanted to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's that the community and the story became bigger than yeah. than you, the artist. And that wasn't necessarily I didn't know that when I started, but I I knew that I had the idea and I knew that I wanted to stretch myself every week and make myself have a practice. Um get me to reach out to strangers <laughs> um mm-hmm. who I didn't know really and ask them, you know, can you be on um, can you do this thing for me? I mean, Elena Brower told me that she would do it. Stephanie Snyder, a yoga teacher in San Francisco, told me she would do it. I still was too nervous to ever send them an email and, uh, and follow up on it. So I was still learning. Um, I asked, but I didn't follow through on a few of those interviews. Um, anyhow, it was just, it was a community building thing. That's not what I set out to do, I don't think. But when I look at it kind of in hindsight and when the year was up and when I was photographing all of these things and shipping them off to everyone, like I felt like I knew every woman. Um, And I know that I could text her if I was having a hard time or if I needed to reach out for something. It became it's it became a community, Um, Mm -hmm. which wasn't necessarily my intent, but it was the byproduct. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that happens so often, you know, the intention completely changes or the result will sometimes often be completely different from the original intention. I love that though. Yeah. Can you tell our um, listeners how, um, just so if there's another women's circle in Austin that like, tell them like what that means or what that was five hours. Could you, could you share a little bit just so they could maybe, you know, if they wanted to come or if they wanted to know what exactly it was. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, we, the way we structured ours, um, 
Sasha Karelis and Sarah Andrews and I, we um, started with a God. Sarah had this great icebreaker exercise um, that that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And, and this was before we had just some chit chat as people were as women were arriving. Um, even then, that can be tricky, right? Especially. Yeah if you walk in and you don't know a single person. Yeah. Um, luckily you were a greeter, Tammy. And <laughs> I love being a greeter. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't give you that job, but you gladly took it on. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, Sarah had this great icebreaker exercise where, um, everybody taped a piece of paper onto their backs and, we just walked around and met up person to person. You look each other in the eyes and then you write on each other's back um, the first word or phrase um, or something that sort of speaks to you about that person. Um, so for instance, uh, radiant. Um, uh, beautiful eyes, um, warm embrace. Mm -hmm. And it was such a neat exercise. Now, of course, there are many of us that, that already knew each other. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe that's where we drew from, um, when writing our, our, our initial, our, you know, first reaction, um, uh, around a person, but there were many women that, you know, we didn't, we didn't know each other. And so it was just, um, writing down the first thing that came to mind, um, that maybe described that person. And you were really just going on feeling and connection. Um, anyway, it was such a neat exercise then to pull that piece of paper off of your back and, read all of these words and comments that people got from you are, are, you know, am I making, am I describing this right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just, it was a way to connect. It was a super fast, beautiful way to connect. And I think it was for me, um, you're right. It was informed by knowing the person. So for me doing it with a stranger was, it was a different exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A way I had to kind of tap into them, but it quickly connected the women in the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there, and then we kind of um, talked about it a little bit, um, and it was a really a profound exercise for a lot of women because they there were words on their paper, of you know um, words that they didn't. Um, it's almost like they were given permission mm-hmm. to think about themselves in that way. It was such a beautiful entry into the day. Right. It was like this nice, soft, beautiful beginning for what could be really super awkward if you don't know everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And there were several girls there that, um, women there that I, um, uh, that I didn't know, right? So there's a few that I did, but m- many that I didn't. And so that was nice to lock eyeballs and, and, and uh, connect for a minute there. I think that was a beautiful, beautiful way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Sarah led, led everyone into meditation and then 
there was about an hour of yoga. Um, and in between each exercise, there was, you know, time to chat and we had snacks and lots of Topo Chico and, um, and then I led an exercise about, uh, expectations and perception and reflection and so that was our little creativity, one of the creativity exercises. And, um, and then Sasha uh, got out all of her mala making supplies and talked about the significance of malas. And then we all made mala bracelets. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a perfect day. It was like five hours was like five minutes. Yeah, it was such a great day. And I mean, I was a little nervous because it was, you know, I had, like I said, two years Mm -hmm. later, I had been envisioning how something like this would go. And it exceeded my expectations. Speaking of expectations, um, it exceeded my expectations. It was just, you know, not that there's never room for improvement, but it, it was such a good day. It was such a good day. Yeah. And I think I, I was just thinking like how you mentioned earlier, we, we did an episode on this way back when, when we first started the pod on an episode five. So if anybody wants to go listen to that, but just the evolution of what from that episode to what we're doing now has been slow and, and, um, and that's, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. It's, it's not a fast evolution to get to where you got to with your women's circle. So two years sounds like a long time. And maybe somebody's listening in their early in sobriety, like, I don't want to wait two years to find my people. Well, right. I think that thing, the th- other things that we're going to talk about in this episode will help you find your people before the two-year mark. But we're, I guess what we're saying is if you have this kind of utopian idea, um, it, it can be realized. It's just probably not going to be realized tomorrow. Like there's work to right. be done. Like a, and not right. hard work. Um, I think it's well. I can't say that it's not hard for somebody, but worthy work, like um, soul filling work. You know, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good slow build, so right. that you can feel comfortable at these things. Right, and it might just be like adding, you know, one person at a time. Mm-hmm. We had Jen James on the podcast, and she talked about how she and I met um, at you know, my first attempt at a meetup or second, I think it was the first one. And, um, you know, and, and, and then of course she was at the women's circle and we, she and I have added, uh, people to our Austin circle of creative, sober women. And so it is, it's just kind of adding one person at a time. Mm hmm. And not in a way I, I felt, um, and I, I don't know how to, I haven't given a whole lot of thought to this, so let's see if it comes out. I know that you can't connect with everybody just because they're sober. No, you do have that common thing, but sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes that's it. Yeah, but I have to say, even if I don't connect and I'm not going to maybe go have 12 more coffee dates, I still feel when I'm surrounded by women um, that are in recovery, I don't feel... I'm still connected. I'm still interested. Walked into the wrong place. Right. So I may not, um, we may not click on a level that we're going to get together again um, or do something maybe outside of a a recovery meetup, 
but I'm open. I'm like, I'm kinder. I think I'm, I think I'm kinder to myself with my feelings surrounding that. I think I'm kinder to the person I've just met. It's a different, the recovery thread is, um, uh, that might be a good analogy. <laughs> it, it just opens me up and I'm willing to spend an afternoon, spend a coffee, spend a whatever, um, without wanting anything necessarily in return. It just happens that I get the return, but it's, there's no expectations. Um, right. And you know, you're going to have a good conversation around that common denominator, that common thing. I've never been disappointed. I've never walked away with a bad feeling. I've never said, I'm never doing that again with that person. That has never, never, never happened. And right. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's why I think that's why we want to talk about this too, because there is this relief and camaraderie that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you don't have to you don't have to jump into a sauna naked on your second date like I did with Natalie. You can take it slower, you know, you can take mm-hmm. it uh, take it down a notch. But like you and I um, just started with um, talking on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Just through our forums and things that we were in, um, you know, I think, well, we can, I don't know if we want to talk about the different ways um, that people can do that, but I, I feel like that's where it started. And then here's where we are, where I can call you and talk about my period. So I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that I wouldn't do that on the first call. You know, I don't think, right. I don't know. No. Who knows? Well, and it's just being open. That That's such a big part of it too you know we've mentioned i mean i I would think most of our listeners know that there are a variety of secret facebook groups um that that you can join if you want to join ours let us know and that can even lead you to other ones um because you can't google search them but trust me there's a lot Mm -hmm. um and if you're in those groups just being open and willing you know often uh, someone will start a thread or they'll put it in the files a list of where everyone lives um so right away you can see oh look there's people you know within 30 miles of me um and at least we have one thing in common we're both in this group <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse yeah. me and then it's just being open beyond that um for instance, you know, for me, and this has happened more than once. It ha- it's happened with Erin Shaw Street. We've, you know, told she's told the story many times. But um, it even happened just recently that I just happened to pop in. And I don't sit there and troll all of my Facebook groups. I'm just not on social media that much. But sometimes I'll just happen. It's serendipity. I'll just happen to open something. And this happened just the other day. A woman from that community said, Hey, I'm in Austin on business and there is booze all around me. (laughs) Is there anyone that can meet me for dinner? And you know, I'm, I'm open always for a dinner with a sober sister. And I raised my hand. (laughs) Absolutely. When, you know, where should you want tacos? Let's, you know, and we had never met. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do it one time and, you know, it sounds like I'm just misconfidence, but I'm, th- I, I am confident now because I've done it once. Yeah. If you do it one time, 
it really takes a lot of the jitters away and makes you feel more comfortable and confident enough to do it again. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It is that first time that feels awkward. And it may not totally be feel super comfortable the second and third, but I promise you that is going to go away. And then now, yeah. like when I go, that's why I did go up and greet um, the ladies that um, I didn't recognize or know. And when I got to chatting with them, you know, they all listened to the podcast. Um, and that's how they'd heard about it, I think. And um, they had never done anything like this. That was like pretty badass for them to walk up, room full of 20 people. You don't know who's going to be there. You know what it's going to be about. You don't exactly know what a women's circle is. Yet they came. They drove out there to the tiny tea ranch and like just took sat down, took a Topo Chico <laughs> and and let this lady come up to them and accost them and be really friendly with them. Right. <laughs> you know, and they and I think that was um, I just that's why I told them. I'm like, this is your first thing you're ever doing. And they're like, well, we're trying to find friends we're trying to you know it's lonely it's I'm really lonely right now and when they Mm -hmm. said that and I've heard that um people messaging me on um through our Facebook group and on Instagram I get a lot of people saying I'm super lonely like what do I do how do I find my people I'm and most of them that have reached out to me have been six seven eight months sober Mm -hmm. and it's like okay we we have once you to that six month mark you're like okay I have this chunk of time now what Right. You have a little foothold mm-hmm. and now, but now you're experiencing some, a little loneliness, a little isolation and isolation. Mm. I, I think, you know, I know you and I both share this. We do enjoy our solitude, but there's a difference between solitude mm-hmm. and isolation. Um, a big difference. Yeah, you're right, Sandra. Yeah. Um. And it, and before you know it, you'll be initiating those coffee <laughs> dates. You know? Totally. Like, like if anyone dares say that they live in my city on any sort of social media, I'm like, hey, you want to? Yeah, I'm all over you, girl. <laughs> Why can't Surely I live in coffee with me? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, it's funny because um, it's not funny. It's like why. I never had so much coffee, right? I don't, I mean, I know I don't drink coffee now, but I always still say want to meet for coffee, even though I'm not drinking coffee. It's just, do you want to meet? Do you want to have a beverage? Do you want to, um, which is not at a bar usually for me. It's always at a coffee house or somewhere else. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, taking, ripping the bandaid off, doing it the first time, um, it's going to feel good. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of this show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the Unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. Within our own community that we've created um, through the podcast on our secret Facebook page, I think we have 400-ish women on there. And some of the gals have been, you know, posting like, you know, where do you live? And, 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 um, and Beverly um, Baptiste, who was on the pod, she did a meetup near her. I think they're meeting again this summer. She just wrote me a letter. She's my pen pal. So she just wrote me a letter that they're, um, the women, she, they started a gratitude circle. 
So they were on the Unruffled Facebook page and they said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a gratitude circle. Who wants in? They created one. Those ladies are getting together this summer to meet in real life. That's great. And I love it. So so because we've created this community here with the pod, um, within that Facebook group, women are creating community. And that's yeah. what I want to say. Like that's available to anyone who's listening and who wants to send us a, you have to friend us up on Facebook and tell us you want in, but you do that, you're in. There's no secret handshake. There's no like code or anything. Like you just have to send us a message. And I think that's the first step, the contact, right? Reaching out um, in a way it's a, it's a bid to be seen a little bit more. And um, you're not asking for help per se, but it's, it's flexing that muscle that where you can reach out to another woman. And that could be me or Sandra. And trust me, we're going to be like, you're in. Welcome. You know, right. it's, it's a safe place to land. Um, yeah. So I think I, li- I like seeing the blooming within the community that's happening. Right. Um, right. The- and, and again, um, going back to, you know, original intention and then what actually results from that, that certainly mm-hmm. wasn't our intention. We're going to make this awesome community and everybody <laughs> is just going to love each other and they're going to all hang out with each other. That's certainly not, that was not our intention, but it definitely has been the natural progression. Yeah, it's really nice to see. And I think, um, well, that's when you know you kind of find your people, right? So like the people that are spearheading some of these meetups, and are saying, hey, I want more of this, um, they're, they're, that's what they're missing. And so they're asking for what they need. Um, there is a hashtag that was created around the 100-day project within our group, and they're calling it hashtag unruffled100. And they're doing their 100-day projects and sharing them. And I just clicked on that hashtag this morning to see kind of where they're at and look at the projects because I haven't looked on it in a while. And there's like almost 700... Um, posts that's crazy it's beautiful it's so Mm -hmm. beautiful and so to just keep seeing these things bloom and um I'm usually all about the 100 day project I love it and I didn't do it this year but to be able to watch what's happening with the ladies and see what they're sharing see what they're creating seeing how I just it's been a gift so if you, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know a whole lot about hashtags, so I'm not going to say I'm a hashtag expert. That would be really overshooting it. But because of certain hashtags, um, I found community, you know, I found community. And um, like I said, these ladies are just blowing my mind. They're making me, they're just making me smile. It's really cool. I love it. I love it. Well, and then we have our our hashtag too that we've created mm. around the recovery gals art exchange yeah. we've mentioned it many times but click on that um and that's a community that actually has tripled in size yeah since we started it yeah we started that in the winter of 2016 i think our first one was surrender i put my book away now i don't i think the first one oh, was surrender yeah. uh-huh maybe and you know, 20 people participated. So we had, we exchanged with partners and we didn't know where it was going to go from there. And yeah, it has tripled since then. And it's, um, it right now we're getting all of these, uh, reveals that are happening. I'm just, I just pulled up the hashtag. There's 141 posts. So the theme this time around was wonder. And it's so cool to see all the different interpretations of what, what the women have 
created and made and told the story of how they felt when they were making it, or it started here and it ended up here. I had to scratch that and I did this. Um, just the whole pro I love process. So reading about how people are doing these, it's really, really cool. So yeah, that's another community of creatives that were like, you, you know, we wanted to build something. Um, and that was even, was that before we started the pod, Sandra? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Because yeah. we were wanting community and we didn't know how to get it. And we and we hadn't started the pod yet. Yet we were talking about it. But that was like our first little dip into like, well, let's find our people. Who wants mm -hmm. to create something? Who's, mm -hmm. who's in recovery? We were, that... I think, yeah, I think that, you know, we each knew five creative women in recovery. Okay. We've got 10 people. <laughs> let's, let's do this. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I loved, and I, yeah, that kind of feeling um, that I felt this week when I started seeing the reveals come through, and I think you've said this before, I've said this before, but just, it felt like Christmas. Like, it feels mm -hmm, like yes. every person that posts, it's this gift that they're, they're giving to everybody in the community. And so that is its own separate Facebook page to keep people's um, anonymity. They can tag it if they feel like being out with it. Um, but some gals don't want to. And and some people don't have websites or um, or Instagram accounts like or things. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Right. But they still want to participate. And, um, yeah, it's been this beautiful gift that just keeps kind of um, getting bigger and bigger every, every uh, quarter that we do it. Yeah. And so, right. And then because we're talking about it, uh, when this airs, we will probably be ready to gather names for the next exchange, the, yeah. the autumn, autumn exchange, right? Uh, oh, right. Autumn. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. The autumnal equinox. Yes. Yes. That's yes. autumnal exchange. Yeah. So, um, we don't know what the we don't quite, as of this recording, know uh, what the theme will be yet. We haven't decided, but if you want to participate, or if you even just want to really check it out, you can join our Facebook group for that and just kind of see what goes down. Yeah. The same thing. Just send us a, a direct message on Facebook. We have to be friends to add you, so... Um, we can be friends. If you don't want to be friends with us after that, you can, you know, unfriend be us. Friends. It's not going to hurt yeah. our feelings. Um, I don't keep track of that stuff, <laughs> but, no. um, the thing is, is that, um, oh, I lost my thought. I'm sorry. Oh, I was uh, about just being in the group and just kind of lurking mm -hmm, if you need mm -hmm. to and see how it works and, and you can definitely see the excitement and the and the connection it's so cool yeah and and we don't um yeah and you can participate as much in that group as you want you don't have it's not like something you have to every day be on it's really good, kind of has activity around the kind of the release state of the theme and then kind of the when when the the solstices and the equinoxes happen all the exchanges kind of happen but it's it's not a group that you have to stay active in you know, every week or mm -mm. something. It's kind of a nice no. place to, a nice place to land and, and just, and, uh, and poke around. Right. And don't think you have to be some established artist either. I know mm -hmm. we say this over and over again, but you absolutely don't. I mean, there are, they all blow me away. Yeah. Like everything blows me away because that's, I'm excited about most things, but <laughs> I have a lot of enthusiasm around this, but 
Um, but there's no, there's no wrong way to do it. There's no bad art. There's, I mean, it's, it's all so amazing. Any expression of creativity. Any expression. And then I remember one time I was just, um, remembering, I, I think the theme was abundance and I made a little small book through chat books and it was all these images that I had on my computer, I was going through trying to figure out a, a, something to do for abundance. And I kept mm-hmm. going across these pictures where I had an abundance in a lot of pictures, an abundance of pens, an abundance of um, what I was cooking. I think it was like purple potatoes that I'd made a heart with or something um, that I'd sliced up. There was an abundance of those. So I just took that word and visually kept connecting it with things and ended up just ordering a little book and gave that to my partner. Um, it doesn't have to be that you paint something or um, sew something. Think of how you can like get creative with it. That's the whole thing. I love what people are doing and how they're interpreting it and their mediums too, like what they're choosing, um, you know, to, to give to their partners. It's, it's been a really cool thing to experience. Right, right. And then one more thing, and this isn't just you know, congratulatory on mine and Tammy's behalf or anything, but most women that participate, they really expound on the benefits they get from mm. the part- participation. Yeah. Um, and that has been, that has been the unexpected um, reward of starting this for me. Oh yeah. I don't know about you, but when I hear, yeah, when I hear how, how it's really just the whole process has really touched women, um, and the connections that they have made, I'm just like, uh, I couldn't pinch me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I do like the unfolding of all these things. So you start something, yeah. And we, you just don't know where it's going to go. That's with everything that we've talked about today. Like every single thing, um, Yeah, it's just with the intention is here where you start, but there's also this, like we said, openness and willingness and open mindedness to know that it's going to maybe morph and change into something else. Um, uh, I'm going to riff on that because Natalie Fairbrook, who was on the show and a couple other gals, we um, we started a, a book club, a sober book club. And our recovery book or whatever you want to call it. But we're going to get together and read books that, you know, kind of uh, that we thought we'd all dig in recovery. And that lasted for maybe three meetings. Nobody really read the books. (laughs) Um, Or one gal did. Our friend Mary read the books every time. She made me feel really bad (laughs) because I didn't finish them. And the thing was, we all had a stack of books on our nightstand that we wanted to read for recovery. We were all at different phases of our recovery and times, you know, how long we've been sober. So it was a good idea. It was like a nice, a nice idea that we would talk about, you know, a common book. And and I think all the books recommended, like we all wanted to read, but there was something we didn't make time for it. It wasn't a priority um, when we got, so after the third meeting, we're like, okay, so I don't really feel like this is working out. Like I want to get together with you gals once a month. But it was the talk that we were having before or after the book discussion that we were having. Like, this is what we want. We just want to get together. We just want to be able to share what we're reading that week, what we're doing, what's in our toolbox that week. So then we decided to just switch it up and call it Tea and Toolboxes. And we meet on the first Sunday of the month. 
And that, you know, that morphed and changed from its original idea too, because we were Mm -hmm. open and because we also had to practice being honest with the other gals in the group, like showing up and saying, I'm not really into a book club. I was in one for 11 years. I don't want to be told what to read. Everybody had the same thing. Nobody really wanted to read what the, even though nobody told us, we all agreed on it. We still had a mindset of like, I want to read my own books. Um, so that didn't work for us, a book club, but what did work was, um, talking about the things that are helping us. So it really, everybody's, um, also recovering very differently, you know, um, through yoga, through refuge recovery, through AA. So we're bringing these things to the group and chatting and they're like, Oh, I didn't know about that. And, Oh, they have a refuge meeting for women. I might check that out. Um, it's been fantastic. So that's another thing that started one way and kind of went well, another. Yeah, I love that point. It's just being open to the evolution of something mm-hmm. um, and not being so stuck to your expectations. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is another lesson, right? That's kind of what I learn. I learn it in a very concentrated way when I go into my 12-step meetings. Like I have a, I have a, you know, my notebook, I very much approach my meetings like they're a classroom for me, a classroom for life. And I get to like, see how I think and how that changes over the time too. Like I walk in there thinking one way um, and then I leave there feeling usually another, um, even if it, and that's just a small incremental change, but being open is just like the key to everything in recovery, I think. Mm. And I'm Mm -hmm. super duper open now. I wasn't in the beginning, but through these things, through these exercises, through reaching out, through seeing other women kind of mirror back their um, successes makes me go, oh, I'm going to go try a refuge recovery meeting. That seems like that's really working for her. Oh, I'm going to try a new meeting, a 12-step meeting, because I'm kind of hitting a wall with a certain meeting that I'm going to. I'm going to go try hers. Like, I'm open to it all now. Go into a crystal show. Sure, I'm going to go. I'm going to do that. <laughs> because right. before I wasn't open to that. Well, I'll, and if I'll you give it want things to change... If you really want something to change, you have to stay open. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you really want to create a community, then you have to you have to stay open. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think you can't that... do it the same old way you've always done things. Because nothing changes. <laughs> if nothing <laughs> changes, like that that phrase. That's why I say it so much. I write it down everywhere. It's like that mantra. That mantra is big for me right now, especially as I'm changing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to kind of open up and be willing to try um, on new ideas, new ways of thinking, um, new philosophies, uh, new recovery modalities. I'm trying it all. I'm trying it all. Um, I went to that refuge recovery meeting um, with a woman, a friend of mine, and the whole reading was on forgiveness and it was a way, a way that I had never heard forgiveness described, or maybe it has been and I've forgotten, but it landed super, um, right in my center that night. Um, father's day came, hadn't talked to my dad in a year and a half. And I thought about the reading and I thought about what I, you know, I reread it and I thought, forgive the actor. You don't have to forgive the action. Oh Yeah. And I, when I thought about that, when I read that, I think it was on page 36 of Noah Levine's Refuge Recovery um, book. It was a few pages of that. And I just kept and I just kept thinking of him as a little boy. And 
just so going to that meeting helped shift me where I haven't talked to my dad in a year and a half since I made amends. Mm. And um, it's not that it was a perfect conversation, but I was in a much different place. And so that evolution, right, my own evolution, um, my own open-mindedness to go to that meeting prompted me to be like, you know what, I can do a phone call. I can not be reactive. I was really conscious of not being reactive and just responding, Mm -hmm. which is so different (laughs) to Mm, respond rather than react. But I went in there with so many more tools a year and a half after the last conversation that we'd had, and it was really lovely. It didn't solve our history, but um, because you're of you're not going to do in one conversation anyway. But. Right. But that's what I mean about the evolution of trying the things and trying it on. Like, I didn't have to go join Refuge Recovery and say, I'm going every week and I'm going to get a mentor and this is my way. I was just open to going to a meeting with another woman who wanted to go. And what I got out of that helped me in this other way with this person in my life that had, I'd been stuck for a year and a half. So that surprised me. And it, and it shouldn't, because it could, I mean, it just keeps happening. I know that that is true. And I am open and willing and receptive. And I go out of my comfort zone. Something good always happens. Yeah. Always. Even mm-hmm. if it's just the tiniest thing, like I got a good parking spot, you know, it's just something good is going to happen from mm-hmm. just stepping out just a little outside of that zone. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, um, I mean, there's other ways I was going to just, I can shoot off a couple of different ways of, yeah, to, to connect. Um, so I think like Sandra said, like meeting for coffee or tea or whatever, like, I think that is the first step. That's the first, like... That's the first easy first step. You know, you want to just mm-hmm. meet for coffee. Um, also, or actually, maybe the pre-step to that is even easier. Is you can comment on someone's blog or on Instagram or in a, mm-hmm. on Facebook, in our secret Facebook group, if that feels safer. Um, to people you admire or who are sharing what you need to hear or read about, um, leave a note. Leave a comment. Try to connect that way first if that feels safer to you. I did that. Uh, that was a really big part of my early recovery when I wasn't sure, you know, this was even pre-drinking, pre, um, pre-sobriety. pre It was when I was still drinking, I would reach out. Didn't say, I want to stop drinking, because I didn't kind of even know that. But leaving that comment, like, thanks for your words, um, they really helped. And then slowly you start building up the confidence to reach out, I think. And then that's when you mm-hmm. probably can make that, say, hey, do you want to meet for coffee or whatever? Right. Um, yeah. I also think signing up for workshops or classes that you're interested in or for, for creativity or for um, recovery or just any kind of yoga class that's about inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, find your thing. Yoga is not for everybody. I resist it so much, but it has been a way for me to kind of find um, other people who are on a path. I don't know. It feels like they're trying to find um I don't know if it's enlightenment or peace, but there's some kind of connection in those right. rooms when I go. Right. And it, and I mean, it's the case for most yoga classes that there's not alcohol there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Unless you sign up for a specific one that, that is offering alcohol that that's unfortunate, but, um, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's not, you know, there's not alcohol there. And there's, you know, once you start looking for, 
workshops and classes on various things, you'll, you'll find the ones, you know, like if it's something meeting at the library, there's not going to be alcohol there. You're safe. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a great idea. Right. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they're there. Unfortunately, it's, they're harder to find things that don't, you know, that, that are alcohol free, but they're definitely out there. Yeah. That's where you have to start getting creative with it. Mm-hmm. You know, seek what you're, seek what you're missing. And, and if you do do these a few times, you know, then you can start creating what you're missing. And I think right. that's what we've done. And that's what we've talked about earlier in the show. Like you can start creating, um, meetups. You can start creating your own tea and toolboxes in your area. I would love it if you guys would do that. Um, so you have my permission to just, um, you know, gather together and bring a tool and share it with the group. I mean, we have eight ladies in ours. Um, and, um, then after the meeting, we email the next day and share our thing in an email thread. So people can find the link or the book or the talk that somebody talked about. And, um, so even if the ladies can't come to the meetup, they get the email chain. Mm, yeah. So they have a tool. So they, you know, maybe they'll check out this thing on YouTube that we talked about this little short talk. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's like the first, like get, get the ball rolling. You can create the thing that you, that you most want. And that's what I think that is empowering to feel that way. For me, it was to feel yeah. that I can, um, if you build it, they will come eventually. Right. Right. <laughs> eventually. Exactly. Oh, and this may be redundant, but I think it's worth repeating. So every, so there's an actual site called meetup.com oh, right. and every city has their own uh, specific to to location. Um, so when you pull up meetup.com, I think you just type in your location where you live and then you'll see all of the meetups that are available for your particular area. Um, I think it's I think it's worldwide. I'm, I, I could it's I in my area. Completely I've... wrong about that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely. Uh, you know, in the U S. Um, but yeah, you, uh, there's kind of like the hashtag system there or tags, same kind of thing. You could type in sober sobriety recovery, um, and just see what pops up. Um, there's, you know, you would probably be surprised. I'm going to go check it out. Groups pop up. Yeah. I'm going to check it out around here. Although I have to say, I do feel very, um, supported right now in the groups and the things that we've created. And I feel like I'm at this holding pattern a little bit. So I'll go check that out. But I I feel like, I feel like you can also do too much too. And that's probably another episode. Oh, for sure. But this is for anyone who doesn't, I mean, we keep talking about meetup and yes, in general, when you meet up with someone, you can call that a meetup, but there's an actual meetup.com that I don't think everybody knows about. I only knew about it when you told me about it, when you set up the one that we did in Austin together. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I went on and looked on it um, near me and there wasn't a whole lot near me because where I live, but, um, but yeah, I think that's a great tool. And I think if I'd had that early on, I probably would have jumped on that Mm -hmm. um, as a way to try to connect and find somebody without having to go to um, meetings, without having to go to any kind of recovery modality um, meetings that were formed. I think that would have felt like a softer entry to me to go do a meetup. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I know we talked about a lot of different things, but I'm, I'm hoping our listeners just get that. Like it, it's, it's all up to you. 
Yeah. What do you want? And how much do you want it? And how and how often? And you get to you get to decide. Yeah, but it yeah. requires a little action. <laughs> or a lot of action. Yeah. It does. It, requ- it does require some action. Open mindedness, action, um, and then willingness to follow through. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if that's what you're craving, if that's what you're looking for, and if that if you are lonely, like I said, what I've heard several women have used that word and it just it struck me so hard because I remember it. I remember being so lonely those first six or seven months of recovery uh, of not drinking um, were very lonely, but I needed that time. You know, I needed that time to kind of lick my wounds. (laughs) Um, But around the seven month mark, I was ready to come out a little bit and try to find other people um, that I could connect with. And that has really, really helped my sobriety. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. <clears throat> um, so this is the part, I think we're towards the end here. Um, yeah. To chat about our three uh, items from our own Unruffled Toolboxes. So um, you want to you wanna share your first tool? Uh, sure. And I mean, these are going to reflect probably everything we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But these are my, you know, practical things around, um, community that I use. And, uh, the first one is just, um, a date, a coffee date, a, a, a breakfast date, a, a beverage date, um, a library date, you know, just, uh, reach out to someone. If you are, um, it's hard to reach out to a stranger, but again, once you do it once, it's and 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 if you're if you're reaching out to someone that's in the same safe secret Facebook group that you're in, there's a chance that they're not going to be like whatever stalker weirdo. You know, they they get it. You're in the same you're in the same group together. Nobody's going to think you're a weirdo for reaching out and wanting to make some kind of connection, or like I mentioned before, staying open, seeing if, you know, if there's people in your area that are also seeking connection, be the person to say, hey, me, I'll meet you. So that's my first one. I like that. <clears throat> yeah, these are going to be reiterations of what's going on, but this is just to punctuate the point. But um, I think um, for the girl who doesn't really know how to use hashtags, like I said, I think a hashtag is important to find your people on social media. And I feel like it's a really safe foray into um, trying to find your, you know, your sober lady tribe. Um, I love that. I love calling it that because it's like they're all it's not any um, the fact that I'm a woman in recovery. I can go to click on a couple hashtags and find other women in recovery. Um, uh so yeah, look at some of the ones that we put on um, our own posts on Instagram or what we use. The unruffled pod is a, is a hashtag that we're using for the podcast um, and that they can find other people commenting on those um, podcasts you can reach out to them privately. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to do that or calling anybody out, but I'm saying that's a way that's just a way in, I think. And if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you are sober or sober curious. And I imagine if you reach out to someone um, that they would respond back. So I would say, um, 
yeah, hashtag. So Recovery Gals Art Exchange uh, is a good one. Uh, Unruffled 100 that I mentioned earlier is one. Uh, Tammy's Gratitude Tribe. Um, there's a 2,500 lists over there now of women who are writing gratitude lists. Um, that's one. Um, is there another one that we use, Sandra, that we use for the pod that I'm missing? Mm. The unruffled I mean, pod is the basic mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, get creative, you know, do a little uh, CSI on your social media feeds and try to find your people. Right. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> so my second one, again, just reiterating what we already talked about, but if you need the logistics of it, um, uh, if you're on Facebook, Facebook groups are invaluable. I mean, I have women that I would can call my friend from all over the world now, um, that I, uh, can reach out to, um, I can reach out to them through Facebook messenger. We can exchange phone numbers and text each other, but I met them through secret Facebook groups. Again, you cannot find them if you do like a Google search, but if you need a way in, you can um, join our group, and from there, you'll most likely hear about other groups that you can sort of be added to, um, and that is just uh, the quickest and the sh- most sure way that I have found my people, and you know, for actual friendships have grown from there. Yep. We're living proof, right, Sandra? Yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> that's how it's done. Yeah. And, and that's what I, sometimes I get so protective about social media because I get that it can be a time suck. I get that we can be on our phones too much. But for my recovery, it's been huge. It's just been huge. Um, and it's helped me have confidence to grow my voice by finding other people who are in recovery as well. And, um, my voice doesn't need to necessarily be heard on a podcast. My voice can just be heard over a coffee date, right? You're seen and heard by another human being. And I think, I think that's a huge tool, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing I'm going to share is, uh, I just thought of this while we were doing this, Sandra, a tool that I've been using to stay connected with, um, our friends that we met through social media um, is WhatsApp. Do you know about this, Sandra? I think you and I have chatted You've briefly. It. Yeah, you have mentioned it, and I have not. I've yet to download it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. So I don't know a ton about it, so I'll just tell you how I use it. But it's an app, and um, Caitlin um, Schumacher, who does our music for the show, she's the one that told me about it, and. Um, we couldn't, we were having troubles with Skype one day, having a Skype date and for a Skype, she doesn't live in the U S right. I'm sorry. Yes. She lives in Germany. And so, so to schedule a phone call for us was, uh, some logistics, you know, timing and the time change and Skype wasn't working. And then our video doesn't work so well in there. So she's like, do you have WhatsApp? And so I downloaded it really quickly and she called me on it and we could have phone conversation on it which was great it was really clear I couldn't see her but I could talk and I could talk to her and then you don't get the phone charges right no it's free right right it's all free thank you for pointing that out Sandra yeah it's free but what's great about it or what I found and she might have a different um you know what's great about it for her I've been able to leave her a nightly message 
and I leave her a message either about my day or something I'm making or um, struggling with sobriety or struggling with another human. Um, I just leave her these little updates and then she gets them when she wakes up and you can leave them whenever you want. So you don't have to necessarily set a time to talk to somebody or um, have a conversation. You can just like, so you don't forget. Or you, it's like a love note, I think, basically, mm-hmm. is kind of what I'm doing. Um, I For a, a good month there, her and I were doing this every single day. So I would wake up in the morning and I'd have a message from her. And then when I'd go to bed that night, I'd leave her a little message. And I was doing this with Amanda Grace, who's been on our show. We leave messages back and forth to each other. Um, and my friend was traveling, because Amanda's in Ireland, um, my friend, I had another friend who was traveling in Europe and I would leave them for her. So it wasn't like, um, a text is fine, but it's also, it was like your voice. You could hear the person's voice. So it was another level of connection. So it's called WhatsApp. And um, that's been a cool little tool to stay connected with my friends who are in Europe. Um, but you can do it with anybody. I could do it with you, Sandra, if, if you know, because if the time change with us, like I could leave you a message and just be like, good morning, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's right. just fun. So it's almost like a voicemail that your phone isn't ringing and right. it's like mystical. Yeah. 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 And you can check it whenever there's, I feel like there's less pressure to respond quickly. Like mm-hmm. sometimes a text or a voicemail feels There's a little bit of timeliness that needs to be uh, responded to. But with this, I haven't found that at all. And then when we kind of trail off, we trail off for a while and we're all busy. And then all of a sudden I'll I'll get a message. And it's just like these, like I said, it's like a love note, a love message. A little present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my second one. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's not like... Right. The the point of the phone call always feels urgent. Like, you're calling me? Why? <laughs> oh my God. It does now, right? We don't talk on the phone that much anymore. Um, you know, as a, as a, well, I don't. I know I don't talk. It's like serious if we need to talk on the phone. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, okay. So my last one is, um, and this has often been in my toolbox over the last couple of uh, the year and a half that we've had this podcast, but it's my writing class. And so that is just a, a totally different community that I sought out. It was a, you know, a class that I signed up for, put myself out there. Um, so it's a, it's a creative class. Um, not necessarily, a, a group of sober people, although there happens to be some people that are sober, in the writing class. Um, but you know, I knew it was going to be a safe place that there would never be, uh, alcohol in this writing class. Um, you know, sometimes there's donuts or, you know, chocolate, but there's definitely no alcohol. And, um, it is just another place that I can be, that I can tell the truth. Um, Mm. and there's not that many places, uh, I was thinking about this other day. I mean, if you're in 12 step, you, you know, uh, tell the truth there, but sometimes I, even there, I feel like I tell the best version of the story, um, mm. there, but, um, here is one place that I can really show up and tell the truth. Um, we aren't, you know, I'm not necessarily friends with these people outside of this writing class. They don't know me. Um, a lot of them don't know me outside of this writing class. I mean, some of them do know each other, but, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but, uh, I can really just spill it there 
um, from things I have written on the page and I know it's not going to go outside of that room and um, it is just another place that I have a have a little uh, community and it's great when I'm I don't I, I don't stay consistent with the class. I'm in it right now, though, and boy, when I'm in it, I ha- I miss it. When mm-hmm. I'm out of it, I miss it. So I love that, Sandra. That yeah. and that's just flexing this other part of you, um, right? Creatively, when you're writing, you kind of drop in, and I can tell just from what you've been posting a little bit, and just the the quietness from you, like I can tell you're excavating a bunch of stuff and turning it over and, you know, figuring out how to, to, how to write. I imagine I can't wait to read whatever you're writing. Yeah. Whenever that is, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you've just made me think, um, I changed my last thing because I, I think you've, you've made me realize that, um, college is a really going back to college for me was a great, uh, was a great tool. And I know not everybody's going to go back to college, but for me, Again, it's kind of filling the void of um, what drinking used to kind of do for me. I had all this time when I quit drinking, but going to college and being at, you know, in a community college, especially it's smaller and through my painting class there. And because I am out about my recovery, um, you know, one semester there was five people in recovery in my painting class. And because I ripped the bandaid off and said something. Um, they would come up to me in the back of, you know, where, where our canvases lived, or they'd come out to me when I was painting outside, or I'd go get a, uh, lunch and they'd walk out, you know, walk to lunch with me and be like, Hey, I'm also in recovery. And, you know, I'm not really out about it, but, and that was such a beautiful, um, connection mm-hmm. that had I not shared, um, again, right. Another place you can tell the truth yeah about yourself. Yeah. And, and that they kept, and that they kept coming up to me this one semester. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome! This is amazing!" And we had like our own private thing. I didn't out anybody, but we would talk, um, and we shared the common language of recovery. So it was beautiful. So when I had my um, opening night of my art show, uh, three of the ladies from my class came. Um, not all of them were in recovery, but that community, my painting community, came. And they were so sweet and they, cause they had seen the process from the blank canvas to the finished product. Right. And they liked seeing it on the walls. And then one gal who's just, this fan, well, both of them, all of them are fantastic painters. Um, but one gal in particular is really quiet about her work and, um, kind of down on herself about her work. And, um, she's been influencing me, you know, through her, through her, um, She's been using a lot of gold leafing in her work, which has influenced me to go get a kit. And she showed me how to do it. So that bond, like she's teaching me, she came and showed up. I, it's just been, like you said, you're, you're with your people, especially in your creative world. So right. finding community at, at, at a community college for me, um, has been another, uh, another way to connect. And these are people I would not see otherwise. Right. Right. I wouldn't see them outside of, out of college. And, um, it's a nice bid for, uh, we're both, we're all trying to, uh, I don't know how to put it, Sandra, like not do something with our lives. That's what came up. It's like, not, not that that means that, but enriching your life. Thank you. 
you said yeah. it much better, that it yeah. feels like we're on the same page, that there's a connection with that. So you don't have to be in recovery in one of my classes for me to connect with you. I feel like we're all connecting on a very base level of trying, yeah, to enrich our lives. Right. Oh, well, we talked, didn't we? Yeah. We always do. <laughs> um one quick thing it's been a while we, yeah. we felt like we needed to record one with just the two of us and both of us coming off of the women's circle we mm-hmm. felt like i don't know it was just a relevant topic yeah um well one thing i want to say before we end and i really um this is another community that um has kind of gathered together because of the podcast and it's our patreon community and we cannot thank you enough for supporting our creative endeavors and this show and by um, making donations um, and trusting and believing in us. And, and we will come through. We've been doing these weekly podcasts. You can count on us. So I wanted to say thank you to that community and that um, if they want to support the show, they can go to patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast and, and make a contribution and or a pledge or whatever they call it. And that we're, we're really grateful for you. Very grateful. Very grateful. We have speaking of having plans, we have, we have plans for, for that. And mm-hmm. we don't know yet what, how, how it will unfold, but I'm sure it'll change. <laughs> We'll have a good idea and then it'll turn into a better idea, I'm sure, how it's supposed to. But we'll keep you guys posted on that. So thank you. And uh, I'm off. I'm off to go get some stuff done in the studio. So Okay, me too. All right. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.